So hello, everybody. Good morning or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. My name is Amber Winston, and welcome to the Return of Ritual online show. Um, I decided to start this interview series really because I fundamentally believe that the act of sacred ritual is really lost in our modern society. I feel like we're now connected now more than ever. Um, but underneath that, I feel like there's even more disconnection, isolation, and separation. And so it's really my mission to help people connect through sacred ritual back to first and foremost themselves to community, to source or God or spirit, and then really live their lives from that place going forward. And today I have a really beautiful, amazing guest that I'm really honored to have on my show. Uh, her name is Jen Maleka. And I actually met her probably, gosh, going on nine or 10 years ago now. I actually knew her husband before I knew her. And I just felt from the beginning that we were two kind of soul sisters on this similar kind of health journey. And it's just been so amazing to watch the work that you do, Jen, and to know you. And so welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here. It's been fascinating to actually watch us both evolve over the last nine or 10 years and get into doing similar type of work in different ways and, and helping to support people and you know their health and connection with their self. So I'm so excited to be here with you talking today. Yay, me too, me too. So um, I'd love to just dive right in. And I know you have a rich history of, you know, your own healing journey. So the first question that I have for you is, can you just start by telling us how your healing journey began? Yeah, it actually began, um, gosh, I think it's been over 10 years at this point, probably right before I met you, possibly. And when I was diagnosed with skin cancer with melanoma, and at the time I was a personal trainer and I was quote unquote, the healthiest person that I knew, like eating my broccoli and my chicken <laughs> religiously and working out at the gym. And I had actually studied fitness, nutrition and health. So when I was slapped with this diagnosis, it was a real shock to me because I was like, how, you know, does a healthy person get skin cancer? Um, at especially such a young age. And I had no family history or genetic factors. I was not living a lifestyle of like, you know, baking myself in the sun tanning booth on a regular basis or, you know, slathering on baby oil and just frying in the sun, even though we live in beautiful San Diego. And so it really just kind of triggered me to take a deeper look at what was going on with my health. Because honestly, leading up to that point, I had been struggling with some other health things that were just not blaring enough for me to call them a health problem at that time. But I had been dealing with what I would now call chronic fatigue, um, or what most people probably call chronic fatigue. I had seasonal allergies that were worsening over time that were developing into ear infections that would wipe me out for days on end. And so all of this kind of accumulated and came to this like head when I was diagnosed with skin cancer. And that's where I started to really look for alternative information, get into the functional medicine world. And when I came across um, functional diagnostic nutrition, which is the course that I went through to learn more about the functional physiology of the body, as well as functional lab testing. And I did some of that lab testing on myself and I found a lot of things internally that were a hot mess for lack of a better word. <laughs> Basically my hormones were all over the place. Uh, I had liver congestion, 
I had bacterial overgrowth happening in my intestinal tract. And so internally, when you kind of looked at all these pieces, it, it made sense how I was cultivating an environment for cancer, essentially, that nobody mm -hmm. would have noticed from the outside. Like every time I went to my annual physical, you know, my doctor would always tell me that I was the picture of perfect health, but I didn't necessarily feel like myself. And I love how you kind of started our talk today talking about bringing people back to self and that connection because that was like one thing that I knew was like there was a point in time when I felt really healthy and then over gradually over time I got to this place where I just didn't feel like myself anymore like my energy my strength my stamina my body a lot of pieces just felt out of place and that was a clue that you know something wasn't right with me and so that's really kicked off where my health journey started. And, and over time, I've resolved a lot of health issues. I then later encountered other ones because we had toxic mold in our home that triggered estrogen dominance and Hashimoto's and thyroid issues that I can say now have, have been completely resolved too. And all along the way, like, you know, the, with my healing journey, there's been this huge aspect of the science, the physiology, but it's also taught me so much about myself. Um, rituals have been a huge part of my healing practice. And it's actually something that I incorporate with my clients now too, because um, I think like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, right? Expecting a, the same, you know, different outcome. And so what I really talk to my clients about and in the work that I do is that in order to have something different in your health to have a different experience in life, like you have to learn to navigate life differently. If you continue to be the same maniac, <laughs> no matter how healthy you eat or how much exercise you do, it's not really going to get you very far. Um, if you're still running yourself into the ground with stress, if you don't have foundations in your life that support your health. So it's really important to implement those things. I totally agree. And and now, now I'm curious because it sounds like it's been an amazing journey for you where you've learned a lot along the way, a lot of self-discovery, and you've you kind of answered the calling of something doesn't feel right for me. Like, I don't feel like myself. And I bet that there's a lot of people out there listening to this can, that can relate to that feeling. So what were the things or what were those rituals that you started to discover or started to employ in your daily life as you embarked on your healing journey? Mm -hmm. Well, I remember like the first one that was a really big shift in a, in a small way was just like, I, I used to wake up and immediately get a cup of coffee and sit at my computer you know, so like sit at my computer, respond to email and just instantly turn on the stress response, right? Like, first of all, here mm -hmm. I am drinking a stimulant of coffee. Secondly, let me sit in front of my computer with all this like flashing blue light in my eyes that stimulates us on top of the stress of the emails that were coming through. And so one of, I would say like in the beginning, like that was a ritualistic shift where I eventually transitioned over to just having tea or water in the morning and changing that ritual and also setting kind of like a boundary for myself that I wasn't going to check my email or get on my phone or my computer until a certain time. And that helped to just like help me ease into the morning. It helped to reduce the stimuli in my life. It helped reduce stress in a lot of ways. And it, it gave, it helped to reduce anxiety for around the rest of the day you know, and we don't recognize it 
just how much like checking your email or being in front of a computer can really stimulate our stress response and that chronic, you know, interaction like that over time or constant interaction like over that, like that over time will lead to hormonal imbalances and other issues down the road. So you said two things, you said awareness, so you, you first kind of have the awareness of the pattern and then you created a boundary around it. So you replaced the coffee with the, the herbal tea or the water and then you chose consciously to do something else instead of just sit down and check your computer. Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to actually share with us now, um, your life today, what does a morning ritual for Jen look like? What are those things that you do to look and feel your best every day? <laughs> Where do I start? It's like developed so much. Um, and what's, you know, what's interesting, I'll just say before I get into like the morning ritual piece now is, you know, one of the things that I eventually added into my um, health routine or kind of an area that I explored was I got into uh, Reiki. Like I would be, I was trained in Reiki. And prior to doing that, I had never really been a person for meditation. And so when I went through my Reiki training, you know, it was mandatory that you had to do 30 minutes of meditation for I think 21 days or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, this is awful. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I'm such an A-type personality and like so career driven and like want to be productive all the time. So like the idea of sitting and like meditating for 30 minutes sounded horrific, right? Um, (laughs) But I did it because I'm also super goal oriented and I wanted to achieve this milestone. And so I started my meditation practice like in the evening time because that's when it felt most available to me. It didn't feel like I had space in the morning time. Um, And I fell so much in love with just over time how it made me feel. Like I went through a lot of rough patches in the beginning of the meditation because with Reiki training, you're just like clearing a lot of energy. And, you know, there was times where it felt like exhausting and other times it was invigorating and then eventually I got into a state of balance. And so then I really fell in love with meditation and I was like, why am I not doing this in the morning time? Um, And I had to play around with what worked for me. So like, then I would, so then I started to implement and implement it into my morning time routine and I would do my exercise first and then I would meditate. But then I felt like I was hustling through my meditation because I had to get ready for work. Right. And so I like created a mindset shift here of like, what is the priority here for me? Because I knew that um, something that I've learned in my health journey, what I talk about with people is that exercise is a type of stress. So if you're already in a stressful state and then you go out and you exercise intensely, that exercise is no longer beneficial for you. It can actually be detrimental. It can be more depleting for you. Wow. in a lot of ways. And that's what most people don't know. Like they think like, Oh, I girls night out, had a couple of drinks. Um, I'm an, I need to go to the gym next morning and like work it off. Right. But we don't realize that those couple of drinks staying up late, like the things that we did the night before, like deplete our body and are stressful. And so the last thing that you really need the next morning is exercise by the way. Um, and that was a tough, lesson for me because having come as a personal trainer where exercise is the core of your being and like what you do the idea of prioritizing uh, meditation or sleep over exercise was a tough you know cookie to crack for me but I eventually did it and what I found is that um, I actually felt better when I meditated before exercising and then I was prioritizing it so like getting to the point of my morning routine now 
So I wake up like quarter to six and snuggle with my animals in bed a little bit in the morning. Like I give myself space in the morning so that I don't feel rushed. Like I would rather, you know, wake up five more, five minutes earlier just to be able to snuggle in bed for that five minutes than having to leap out and hurry to get somewhere. And then I kind of have a, a routine or a ritual, like three times a week I do oil pulling. So if it's a Monday, Wednesday, or a Friday, I do my tongue scraper. Um, I do my castor oil, oil, oil pulling. And like I immediately go into my kitchen and fill my 32 ounce bottle of water because um, it's super important to be getting your water, you know, um, in every day. And I figure if, if I start with water, it's easier for me just to make sure that I'm reaching my water intake goals. I take my morning supplements and I kind of just leisurely do some stuff in the morning in the kitchen. And then by 6.30 or so, I'm typically here in my space to meditate. Um, and I have a beautiful kundalini routine that I do that was um, provided to me by, by one of my mentors. She does a great like numerology session and designs a kundalini routine for you with plant medicines and like all these great things, which is amazing. amazing. And um, I also do my angel cards. So my, my mom passed away in 2016 and I never really knew that my mom was into spiritual things. Like she kind of would make little comments here and there about stuff. But when we were going through her stuff, I found these like old, um, this old set of angel cards in this book and she had like wow. tagged certain pages in it. So now um, I used to pull an angel card every day, but I was like, oh, then I feel, I felt like I was hustling through what the angel card meant. So now I pull one like once a week and I kind of read segments of the angel piece and, and implement that into my day. And I do a little bit of journaling and then usually by seven or seven 15, I'm starting my workout routine, doing some type of exercise to get my body moving. Um, and then if I have some time, I'll sit in my infrared sauna and journal or just like kind of catch up on email while I'm in there and, and get ready. And then I'm usually starting work by nine or nine 30 on most days. This sounds like an amazing morning. <laughs> it <laughs> sounds is. amazing. And, you know, and like a lot of people, I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day. Um, I was like on the outward, it, on the outside, it looks like I work a lot. Like I do, I do a lot of things in my career and in my business and with clients and I will work until 7 p.m. at night. But I was like, what most people don't see is this morning routine where I've created like a huge amount of space for myself. My mornings are all about me, you know, and that's oh, so beautiful, important. And um, on the weekends, it looks just slightly different because I give myself permission to sleep in a little bit, although our fur kids don't really allow that to go too late. Like I'm usually up by <laughs> 6.30 at a minimum. <laughs> um but mornings are definitely all about me and like nothing gets in the way of that time. You know, I'm really resistant to scheduling calls or doing anything in the morning because that is 100% my me time. It's your sacred time. And it's so beautiful to hear that um, through creating this beautiful ritual, you've also allowed time to be flexible with it. You know, that if it didn't feel right picking, you know, an angel card every day, you shifted and you allowed flexibility into the routine or the ritual. Um, and what's so interesting to hear you speak about this is you could very much do all of those things without the sacred awareness that it sounds like you're putting to them, right? Like sitting in a yeah. sauna at 24 hour fitness 
could be just sitting in a sauna, but you consciously being in the sauna with your, your water and, you know, your book or whatever it is, like, that's the sacred moment. And I, mm-hmm. I just love how everything can be sacred. Yeah. I actually love my sauna for that reason. Cause it's like a cedar box. So when I, I oftentimes will sit in the sauna at nighttime and meditate too. And it feels like you're kind of like shutting out the outside world and you're just kind of going in and it's like this, you're in this box and you're just with yourself, you know, nothing else can disrupt you. So anybody's been considering getting a sauna I highly recommend it for those reasons <laughs> I know we've been talking about it and I'm and I'm thinking you might have just convinced me <laughs> uh, oh my goodness um so you mentioned a couple different self-care rituals that you like to do you mentioned tongue scraping you mentioned oil pulling and I know these are pretty um not popular but most people have heard about these before um is there any other kind of self-care ritual or healthy ritual that you think is like a must have for people? Um, Yeah, I do castor oil packs at nighttime. So I, and castor oil packs are like an old Ayurvedic um, technique as well, or healing modality. It's widely used in Chinese medicine and and other, um, you know, different types of medicine philosophies and huge in the naturopathic community as well. And so that is something that it's part of my, like my evening routine. Like I I would say that I even have an evening ritual where, you know, I get done working at seven, I will sit down and eat some dinner. And then my husband and I take the dog for a walk. And that's usually our time to connect and catch up on our day. And then when we get home from our walk, usually around like eight o'clock, like we take turns sitting in the sauna And, um, when I sit in the sauna, I wear my castor oil pack and I meditate. So like going back to that idea of like, I'm also an A type personality. So although like, I love all the sacred ritualness, I'm always like, how many things can I get done at one time? (laughs) Productivity. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, I can wear my castor oil pack and like enhance my healing process. I can sit in my infrared sauna and promote detoxification and I can meditate all at the same time. So that's typically like what I do. And, uh, and so I think that, you know, the saunas, I guess would be another one of those self-care things that and the castor oil packs combined and the meditation. I mean, all those things are really fall into that self-care category. And um, I've learned to be less rigid with it. Like, I love how you kind of pointed that out, the flexibility piece. That's actually something that I've been working on more so lately is because I can be so a type, like some, I caught myself being really rigid about some of my rituals. And then you get into that negative self-talk space of, well, I didn't do my meditation or the whole thing today. And, um, you know, going through this process and working with some of the mentors that I've worked in, it's like, well, we all, we always can source from self. So it's not actually the meditation that is the source for us itself. And it's creating that space for self sometimes. And so I really check in with myself too about that. Like, you know, is, is, am I being too rigid about it or do I really like need it right now? Do I need that space? Or if I'm like in a moment of running a three-day conference event, I'm like, I just sometimes got to source it from self versus when I can't really fit in my ritual or routine, which I think is important too. Yeah. I think that's a really beautiful thing to mention. And I think you're, you're touching on, I was actually just having a conversation about this. The the masculine energy has kind of taken hold in society, which is very linear. It's very 
driven. It's very go, go, go. Um, you know, our corporate structures are based on this masculine kind of linear energy. And it's really nice to actually flip into the feminine, which is the cycle, you know, and being within the flow and honoring like the darker moments or going inward and befriending your shadow side. And, and so I, I too have recognized that in my own life and it's for rituals or sacred rituals. Like I had said earlier, I believe that everything is sacred. So if we can just honor every moment and if in that moment, you're not feeling like sitting down for the meditation to just honor that and honor the moon cycles and, um, and yeah, and it goes back to what you had said earlier, Jen, about having just the awareness, right? The awareness yeah. and then the boundaries. So thank you for sharing that. It really resonates with me too, because I catch myself as well. And I'm like, I need to just take a time out now. And <laughs> yeah. Slow down. <laughs> oh boy. Um, before we get to my last question, is there anything else that kind of is on your heart or that you wanted to share today with regards to rituals or your own self-healing journey? Yeah, I think, um, you know, coming into this talk, I was really excited to be on here with you because this whole concept of rituals has been such a huge part of my healing journey. Like I had been for the longest time, like when all of this started, when the skin cancer started and all of those things started, I really tackled my health from a scientific standpoint. Like, let me run all the functional lab tests. Let me take all the supplements. Let me do all the diet, the exercise, the yada, 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 all that stuff. And then when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's in 2016, after having toxic mold in our home and all the stuff that kind of triggered that, then I had to embark on this journey of healing Hashimoto's, um, which is an autoimmune condition. And it was a totally different journey than what I had been on, been on before because it brought to light that my body needed more from me. So I, I often hear people say like, you know, but I'm eating right and I'm doing all these things and I'm doing all the healthy stuff and I'm still not getting to where it is that I want to be like health wise or spiritually, whatever it might be. And I'm like, well, has it, you know, and then I pose a question, has it ever occurred to you that your body actually might need more than what the average person does? And I you know, thanks to a, a good friend and a colleague of mine embarked on this journey of uh, restoring my self-worth in a lot of ways. And um, also like that meant implementing rituals and being able to take time for myself and develop the routines that I have now today and recognize that those things have to be a priority in my life just as much as like eating healthy does. And so when I look at like, kind of like we were talking, talking before, you know, my priority used to be exercise. Now I would say that exercise probably falls in like third or fourth place when it comes to priorities. Like sleep is always my number one. So I think sleep is, is a ritual in itself um, that I work mm -hmm. on with a lot of clients, because if we're not creating a ritual around sleep where you're actually preparing yourself for bed and allowing your body to wind down. Um, it greatly diminishes the quality of sleep that you're receiving. And then also the times at which you are sleeping, which is, you know, can be seen as a ritual too. Like what is your bedtime routine and what, what time do you consistently go to bed at? 
as a ritual. So sleep is like my number one priority. And then I would say that, you know, diet and, and kind of these self-care routines that I have are probably tied, you know, in second and third place together. And then exercise is now fourth. And that's really come from me owning, learning to own my self-worth. I mean, with, when we talk about something like Hashimoto's or thyroid disorders, that's, you know, stemming from the throat chakra, our center of communication and standing in our power. And so, you know, there is a medical, metaphysical aspect to health issues that are going on out there that you're not going to necessarily be discussing with your naturopathic doctor or your functional medicine doctor, or you're definitely not your conventional doctor. And I think that we need to recognize um, some of those correlations and those behaviors and the characteristics and how they play into our health and how rituals can really help to support our health in a lot of ways and, and the importance of them um, when we talk about health too. Absolutely. You know, it, it's so much in line with the shamanistic studies that I've, that I've done. And when I've studied with the Peruvian shamans, the Quechua lineage, we work on four planes of existence. And I think what you're touching on is, um, you know, in the physical plane, right, the body and what was kind of wrong with the body, um, which we call serpent, uh, the serpent level. And then from there is the jaguar level, which is more of your emotional body. So maybe that's where some of the emotions come in or a little bit of the self-worth stuff. And then from there, it's the spirit and the soul level and what's happening there. And so the shaman is able to kind of dance between those four levels or four planes. And that's really where I think the alchemy happens or the true healing occurs because you're treating all four levels. Mm-hmm. And, and I just love hearing you say like in the beginning, it was the scientific. And then there was like this other piece that, that I had to kind of explore to really get where you are today, which is this beautiful, radiant being. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's beautiful. That's cool. I've never heard it described in that way. But when you're saying that, I was like, like that's, ex- that's exactly the ascension that I feel like I've gone through. And like now, like I've healed the emotional stuff, like all that stuff. It does feel like it's just spiritual expansion at this point in time. Like once you 100%. do it consistently, then you get to this place of like this spiritual expansion. And like that spiritual expansion is just like your heart and your chest is like bursting open with energy and love and like everything is like moving in this great direction but you have to you know I think you have to do all that initial work to like get to this place you know Mm -hmm. so that's really cool absolutely yeah that's great I love that um so my last question for us today is you know if we were just to kind of look at our fellow sisters our fellow brothers that are living their lives. Um, you know, some people would argue that a lot of us are unconscious in the way that we're living. And, and with this kind of technology situation that we have going on where people are just so addicted to their cell phones. And I'm sure in your practice, you're seeing that people are coming to you with these big health challenges. And I don't think that they're going away. What would be your kind of one wish our, all of our fellow sisters, all of our fellow brothers? Oh, that's a big question. You know, I think that um, even if you just took one moment each day to connect with self, you would notice like a huge change. 
And that's in, even in my busiest days, like we were saying, like when I don't have time for my rituals or I feel exhausted, like you were going to an event tonight and like my normal routine at nighttime isn't going to happen. But I'm like, even if I just come and sit in my space for five minutes and just breathe, I'm, and it's like, I'm getting emotional just talking about this right now because I think it's probably so important. Um, it can make all the difference in the world. You know, it's it. And I do agree, like some the biggest problem that I see is that everybody is just kind of moving on autopilot. You know, they're just they're eating on autopilot. They're exercising on autopilot. They're working on autopilot and they're we're not stopping and being present. So I think that that is even if it's just for five minutes a day. And, and I think that when you experience it for just five minutes out of the day, um, you create a positive feedback loop where you then you naturally start to crave that more. Um, and it just starts to naturally happen. I know that like I was supposed to have a girl's night on Friday night coming off of a huge event. And by the time like Thursday rolled around, I was like, I just have no more space or energy to talk. I was like, I just need some space for myself. I need to be present with myself and my husband was gone all weekend. It was like fantastic. You know, we just don't do that enough. And so I think that that would be the one wish for everybody is just take one like moment out of your day to be present because it's so incredibly important. And when, when we're, we take that moment, we can connect in, we can listen to what our body's saying. Like nobody knows your body better than you do. No doctor, like shaman, you know, all these people out there, like you intuitively know, but we're just not stopping to listen oftentimes or you know how did that food sit with you or or how is this going like we just need to stop and check in occasionally so I think that that's what I would wish for everybody I think that's an amazing wish and and it doesn't have to be complicated you know some people would probably be like well how do I do that and it's I think it's as simple as you said it's just stopping like just mm -hmm. stop and just check in. And I also like to say, you know, when, you know, when people ask me questions about meditation, I say, just listen to silence. Yeah. Just listen to silence for 10 minutes and see what happens. And, and just kind of that shift in perspective of what meditation can be, you know, you mm -hmm. could just sit there with your eyes open and just listen to silence. Yeah. Or listen Not to the personally. thoughts that are like flying through your head, you know, start to listen to that inner talk and recognize that you're mm -hmm. doing it all the time, right? And create mm -hmm. that awareness and start to shift some of that or like recognize it and let it go. And it, it's so insightful when we, we do that kind of stuff, I think. It really is. Oh, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Jen, for sharing your, your healing journey with us and all these amazing tips and tricks and being so inspiring and just so fabulous. So thank you so much for being here. I know you do have a free gift that you wanted to offer uh, the listeners. So I'll put that in the show notes for today's chat. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening. And thank you so, so much. Oh, thanks for having me. It was great to share with everybody.